0: Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Booze, Booms and Busts, the podcast where we discuss market events while at the same time quaffing a few beers. My name is Boaz Shoshan and I'm joined as ever by Sam Volkring. Sam, how are you getting on this week?
1: Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Uh, Another week week down and dusted, another beer cracked open, plenty happening uh, around the world um a lot of a lot of action happening over in miami at the moment but uh i might, might pick up on that later but yeah no very very happy to be here again and uh yeah let's uh, let's crack on hey
0: yeah sam i'm uh i should i should be able by next week at least to have finally had a haircut after uh after so long uh obviously if you uh people listening to this you can't, you How long's can't it see been? it's been uh i mean i got my last haircut would have been uh, in between lockdown one and lockdown two last year. Um, and it's now gone to uh, an incredibly long length. But uh, due to, and due, we recorded a lot of interviews recently for the 2021 Gold Summit. And I wanted to ensure that uh, the, the look was continuous all the way through. <laughs> uh, and we'll be recording our final one of those next week. So uh, by next week, I may finally have shorn this hair off. I can see uh, you've, uh, you've had a cut more recently. I'm pretty jealous, but uh, I don't actually know what I'm going to do. Should I keep it long? or Well, should I- you see, I, I think you should. I,
1: I, I shaved mine back a few times, and I recently decided that I was going to grow it out. Now, I've never in my entire life had hair as long as you. I mean, even if you cut it in half now, I think I, that, that would still far exceed any <laughs> haircut I've ever had. Me and long hair have, have never suited. So uh, I I think that if you can if you can grow your hair long and and stylishly and comfortably have long hair, then then do it while you can. For those of us that can't, <laughs> keep with it, man. Keep with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'll, see, I'm all I'll
1: for see it. I think and it suits you, man. It really does. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I, I think it suits you.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I do want to keep uh, I do want to keep some of it at least. Um, but it is getting to the point where, you know, baseball caps don't fit on your head properly anymore. That's true. Uh, it's, <laughs> sun, it's summer now, so it's, you know, it's really hot out there, but you know, it does, does feel like I should use it if I've got it, right?
1: Well, I remember doing Was it the first lockdown when you started to grow out your beard as well?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, now that was
1: quite something.
0: <laughs> yeah, that feels a very long time ago. That, that first lockdown, that was, uh, that was a grim time.
1: That was a long time ago though. Now, wasn't it?
0: I mean, do you know what it is? It's mental.
1: It does feel like a long time ago because it was really a long time ago. Um, But, uh, but here we are still Portugal's been shifted into some red or amber zone and people can't travel anywhere still. And it's like, Oh God, it it feels like we've moved past everything. But then again, we also haven't, it's, it's all still a bit fucked up. We're still doing this podcast yeah, hundreds of miles away from each other so
0: yeah yeah that's true <laughs> yeah i mean on that note it's been interesting looking at oil recently because now we're now we're above pre-lockdown levels mm. in oil um mm. and you know i was looking at the uh, the baker hughes oil rig count actually so um, oh, yeah. pre uh, pre-woo flu it, it, what had been declining but it was around uh, 680 rigs and this is just for the u.s and now i mean we're still only around 350. So we're roughly half the US rigs than we were pre lockdown. And oil is already above uh, lockdown levels, uh, already above pre lockdown levels. So, yeah, it's
1: like 2018, like late 2018 prices now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends which benchmark you're looking at. But yeah, I mean, roughly. Um, so uh, it does feel like there's way more, way more of that to go. But for some reason, the narrative is very anti oil at the moment and yeah. uh Isn't maybe it, people it, just think the shale guys are just going to be able to turn on the taps or um the but, saudis but he,
1: what what, the, what do people think that fucking airplanes are going to get powered you know where do you think <laughs> what do they think jet fuel is going to get made from like the, the idea that, that planes are going to stop flying for the next decade is ridiculous um people mm-hmm. will be using cars more um, when everyone's free because they they i think people are so afraid of public transport now there'll be more traffic on the roads and let's be honest there's st- most of the cars on the road are still petrol and diesel powered um the, i think the demand's gonna fucking explode for oil
0: yeah same i think the uh, when you look at india and and asia uh, you look at these growing really growing economies, and Africa, for that matter. Mm, mm. I mean, if you really just look anywhere, all of the emerging frontier markets, I mean, none of those guys, um, you know, if it's, you know, the idea of these uh, folks in, in the cities where it's like, I'm saving the world by riding a bike to work. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you're talking to somebody who's literally just trying to get out of poverty, make some money, you know, get a house, settle down with a wife and kids, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this idea that, that all of this sort of self-loathing and self-righteousness, I mean, it just goes completely out of the window. I mean, are you yeah, really um, going to go to some, some fella in rural India and say, yeah. yeah, you can't use that. You can't use that small moped to get, to, to get around. No, uh, no, 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 no. You don't yeah. understand. We've got to save the planet. You've stolen Greta Thunberg's dreams, you see. So uh, you <laughs> need to the actually swap that. out. Do you know yeah. what, when
1: you're talking about that, I, I, I can't help but think, so do you know, like when you go to a, a country that's um, not as affluent as, you know, the big Western economies, UK, US, Australia, whatever, um, and, you know, like all the taxi drivers are driving around in like 1960s and 1970s, like Mercedes Benz and things like that. If the way the way things are going is that right. they'll all be driving around like 2015 model Audis and BMs and Mercs now, because all <laughs> you know, all the all, all the environmentalist countries, the you know, the green policies, it's just like, well, we're not. What are we going to do with our scrap secondhand petrol and diesel cars? And they'll just sell them all into Africa and, and India. And you'll find that all the all the all the cars on the roads will be just like these high spec'd out. Uh, German vehicles that nobody in, in westernized economies wants to drive anymore. So there'll be yeah, there'll the, be a boom uh, for these cars in the second hand market.
0: Yeah, it's funny that I mean uh, imagine imagine if that that happened and like uh, it's all it's all it's all the folks in the emerging market uh, areas which have the better driving experience as a yeah. result. So if you want <laughs> to have fun driving, you actually need to go out out to the frontier. I mean, it's like uh, you know you go to Middle East and. Uh, uh, I remember being in like Tunisia, where uh, you know taxi drivers take it as very offensive if you put on your seatbelt. I mean, this is <laughs> you're insulting their their driving expertise, right? I I, the, I can
1: see the logic in that, actually. I, yeah, I no, but that. like
0: genuine, like angry, like as in, <laughs> what are you doing? Like take that <laughs> off. Where, where do you think you are right now? Um, it, it'd be pretty funny if uh, <laughs> if it ends up that um, uh, you know the real petrol petrol heads need, wanting the original motoring experience yeah just end up going uh, you know burkina faso or somewhere <laughs> <laughs> though, though interestingly secondhand cars are absolutely booming at the moment that's, yeah, a, that's an interesting uh, it's a it's an econo- economic metric that uh, has yet to be properly explained to me why exactly this is other than the economy isn't as strong anymore but people still need cars and we're still getting out of a recession so yeah you, you know, i mean is there is a more to it than that
1: I think that's my basic understanding of it as well, is that uh, in this period of lockdown, um, obviously, we know that new car sales basically fell off a cliff uh, and that coming out of this, that that demand hasn't diminished, but there seems to be uh, a resurgence of the secondhand market but i i thought it was i thought it was mainly in classics and um and prestige cars like um sports cars and supercars i i didn't i wasn't sure that it was in all secondhand cars but it it, it may be you know it might be in minivans and shit like that yeah
0: i I mean in in the states it's like it's massive for the trucks i mean so just like your ford f-150s uh, the new ones are completely sold out, and people are like, yeah, it's even things like, um, you know, the off the off roaders. Like, uh, what's the what's the posh word for a uh, for a quad bike? It's like an an ATR. Um, oh, but then, an ATV. Uh, ATV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of that stuff is just sound like hot cakes. There's really, yeah. no, it might, maybe the semiconductor uh, issue is affecting that as well. There's that yeah? You can't yeah. get them out the at the door. I think there's
1: that that to it that that the supply of new cars is also less um but i I tend to think it's also probably the factor of now that people know that governments are going to start banning the sale of new petrol and electric in you know sort of by the end of the decade more or less i think people are now sort of reluctant to buy a new petrol or diesel for the fact that when it comes time so we're sort of within that window now where most people like not not everyone goes and buys a new car every two or three years some people sort of buy one and change it over every maybe five or 10. But I think that they, they probably come to the realization now that we're getting closer to that date and that they can either buy an electric car or an electric hybrid car now, which are astronomically expensive on the balance of things at the moment still. It, it's coming down. Or, or they just go to the cheaper secondhand market. And I think that's probably a part of that dynamic as well, is that they don't want to blow a whole heap more cash on a new car, when they can get a just as good secondhand car um and so then that, there's that sort of demand and, and then mm-hmm. supply sort of imbalance so it's pushing them a bit higher so there, i think it's probably a few aspects uh, yeah me,
0: yeah like when you when you consider, consider the rate of advance in electric vehicles as it exists now it's like you know if i just wait a few more years mm. the basic capacity for everything is going to be much better yeah, so exactly. why would I buy one now unless I'm a true believer kind of
1: thing? Yeah. It feels like they, there's just this whole idea of getting a new car now would be silly considering what will be available in the next couple of years. So you spend less now to get something that's better uh, in a few more years time. And like you say, the just the un- uncertainty around the economic nature of everything still probably weighs on people's mind, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. At one point, even I was like, hmm, "Should I sell my car now and <laughs> get another one?" It's like property, then, right? It's like you're just you're just selling one to get the same thing and paying a higher price for that anyway. So, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Should I sell my car to buy some Doge? That's the uh, <laughs> yeah, a real I'm, question. I'm sure people have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should I well, only, more, Should yeah. I
1: sell my Tesla? I don't have one, but should I sell my Tesla to buy more Doge?
0: Yo, what are you drinking at the moment? Uh, hmm. I've, I've just started off on a nice Hell's. It's just called Hell's by Lost and Grounded. Right. Uh, Lost and Grounded, I've got a lot of time for. Yeah, I haven't me had too. this one before. Um, it's a nice unfiltered lager. This is 4.4% uh, and it's 440 mils. So lots of fours going on here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, it's going down well so far. What are you on, Sam?
1: As I said, I should have called yours the Hell is Four. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I'm on the Govinda uh, Chevalier Edition 1843 Heritage English IPA Founders
0: Reserve from- Lord, Sam. I think you've won up me here.
1: From the Cheshire Brewhouse. Not only that, this has won a World Champion Award. Now, we discussed awards the other week um, and the, the dubious nature of alcohol awards. This is from. It's in tiny print, tiny, tiny print, so tiny that my uh, my optometrist will be impressed when I read this out. The, uh, the RMI Analytics Heirloom or Heirloom uh, Malt Brewing Award 2018 World Champion, and it's also got a Great Taste Two Star Award in 2018. So 2018 uh, must have been like. I don't know. There's something. It's, it's been out since 2018 or something. Um, Six point eight percent. It's a doozy. Damn, this
0: better be good, man. Uh,
1: I'm. I'm. I want to. I want to read the excerpt from it because. And 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 props where props are due. It's pretty fucking good. But it says our multi award winning heritage English IPA, recreated from an authentic recipe held in our head brewer's library, brewed yeah. originally in the 1800s to be shipped mm-hmm. to India. Recreated this beer to bring a taste of the past. Um, it's Damn. very, very good. That's, does that's yeah,
0: does good it taste? Idea. Does it taste as good as it sounds?
1: It it, it actually does. Um, I I'm very impressed so far with this. But um, we'll we'll con- I'll continue and 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 mull and stew over just how high a rating this eventually gets because it will be high. I'm not. I'm not oh, going. Wow. Not going to lie to you. It's going to be a high rating, but how high? Ooh, stay tuned, folks.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I've had uh, stuff from the Cheshire Brew House be- before, uh, from that brewery, uh, and it was it was good. So I am very, uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm jealous. I need to get my hands on some of this stuff. Yeah, um, I, f- I feel like the Cheshire <laughs> Brew House is having won is the just... heirloom awards. Heirloom
1: <laughs> <laughs> award. Um, the uh, I feel like this is a this is an on location place when at some point in the future for us. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yo Sam, I was uh, you know ca- carrying on with the the car discussion. I was interested in your your thoughts on this. Yeah, because uh, it's something I've uh, you know I focus on quite a lot, but I don't find too many other people are are massively following it. With the um, you know how you mentioned how car sales just just completely got obliterated during lockdown yeah uh you know absolutely wrecked and you know we are dwelling on the fact that everyone's buying the second hand ones these days rather than new ones or so it would seem from some metrics i'm sure people are still buying the new ones too yeah um especially if they like you know <laughs> if they owned bitcoin or they bought dojo or whatever um but you know one thing that i found very interesting was all the way through lockdown pa- after the actual initial march crash uh, there was just a massive boom in platinum group metal. so the the ones mm. that go into catalytic converters, so just uh, palladium and rhodium, not so much platinum for that matter. But these things just went absolutely nuts. Rhodium is still at a ridiculously elevated level. So you know, to, to give some context, I mean, you could buy an ounce of rhodium as a bar about twelve hundred dollars in twenty sixteen, um, and we're now looking at uh, twenty eight, twenty nine thousand dollars an ounce. Yeah, it's
1: mental. Um,
0: yeah, you know, this stuff and it, this was all during lockdown that this really rocketed really really high. I'd be interested in what what do you think? What do you think is going on there? Because to me it just seems like I guess it's just the mother of all supply squeezes. But I, when you see action as extreme as that, it does make you wonder if there's something else. Like, is there some other application? You know, yeah. is it these electric vehicles just use yeah. way more or something? You know, I and mean, what do you think of it? That tends to
1: be the case with them. So catalytic converters is one aspect of, uh, of those things. And you, even now, you still see people and you hear stories from time to time of people actually st- like breaking into cars and stealing the parts. Yeah, it's been are, a massive rise. Yeah, for the catalytic converter and the materials in it. Um, so a lot of the rare earth stuff is heavily used in uh, electrification. A lot of it is used in things like um, uh, magnets, um, uh, high you know high density or high um uh, uh velocity magnets um so a lot of it goes towards things like electric vehicles um so it's and then it's not just that so it's 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 evs uh it's it's all a whole bunch of other high-tech things from um use in in satellites to to smart devices um it's the rare earth story is one of those stories that is always a tricky one. I found in platinum group metals and all every, everything along the, uh, the um, what is it? The uh, table of, um, Oh God, periodic that, know, table. the periodic table of elements
0: <laughs> it has been so
1: long since I've, since i have actually viewed them all. It's uh, it's, it's just that they're, they're so in demand for our high tech, uh, world that there really is kind of only one direction, I think for these things to go. And the, the, the challenges with them is that they're not, they're not abundant. They're, 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 they're like gold and they're like Bitcoin. There's a finite amount. Um, I mean, re- realistically, there's rare earths in most people's backyards, but it's not economical to, to dig it out, refine it, um, and then turn them into the actual, you know, End use cases, so they're they're abundant, but they're difficult to get. And the abundant, you know, the the places where you can get economies of scale, it's it's typically very challenging uh, environments to do so. So to to dig them out, to refine them, and to turn them then into end use products is fucking hard. Which is why it's taken so long for major suppliers outside of China to really get their shit together. Um, But I, I, think, I think we'll probably see this continued price squeeze for some time until there are more that can economically get these things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we might see a bit of a plateau for a while, maybe even a bit of a, a fallback in price as, as demand continues to increase, but the supply starts to catch up a little bit more to it as well. And I think it's, like, it's a bit like Bitcoin mining in that sense is that without these high prices... It's always going to be a slower supply, but if the prices do push higher, then you're going to attract more miners, effectively, to 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 mining the the elements that are
0: needed. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, the cure. Yeah, I mean traditionally, the cure for high prices is high prices, right? Just because yeah, I exactly. just say, you know, get more miners coming into the space and they increase the supply. Like with the platinum group metals specifically, they are a bit different from rares, and that you know. Platinum group metals, you know, platinum, palladium, rhodium, uh, I think ruthenium, I think osmium's in there too. All these ones, I mean, they are, they are uh, quite uncommon, the deposits. I mean, just finding them. Uh, you're mostly looking at South Africa uh, for platinum, and you're looking mostly like Russia for uh, things like uh, palladium and, uh, and uh, bits of rhodium. And there's no rhodium mines out there. So it's like there's not a single rhodium mine in the world.
1: Yeah, uh, they're byproducts
0: of other mining yeah yeah uh, so they just sell on the uh, the royalties oh i yeah it'd be really cool if someone made like a you know a royalty company that was specific to each metal Yeah, you know that'd be really they do that for gold uh, a lot for, yeah it's interesting
1: you mentioned that got, it's
0: like i've 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 spoken with this about people before
1: and I, and you probably know it better than me but the idea of um investing in companies that are, that are effectively royalty companies rather than uh the 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 you know specific gold miners themselves is is actually a pretty nifty way of going about investing yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean there was a new one that ipo'd um would it have been this year could i yeah i think actually it would have been this year yeah it's just called well and it's called you know very unimaginative but you know it does what it says turn it's just called like gold, gold royalty corporation um <laughs> and that was a new one franco nevada is the classic very large one um but those ones are just going for that precious metals stream uh, so it's yeah. just for like gold or silver uh, i think it'd be really cool when you go for the much rarer elements like uh like rhodium or palladium uh, so you could just go for that kind of stream and um i think yeah considering how crazy the, the prices of these things have gone uh and you know people really are stealing catalytic converters like never before at this point so you, you'll find they're actually selling Cat guards, where these things that you screw onto the bottom of your uh, your car to prevent people from uh, sawing them off and stuff, um, and you know the people are parking, you know they're you know you park or you know exhaust side to the curb to make it harder to get and things like that. It's really strange where you see these these sort of um, aberrations in financial markets actually causing crime uh, in the real world, as it were. But yeah, it's a yeah it's a, a strange business. I wonder what uh, Platinum's going to do because. Ever since uh, the Volkswagen scandal, it's just been down in the dumps, uh, and it's kind of get, you know going up now, but you know it's nowhere near where it was. And the 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 idea with this stuff normally is that when the prices are low, somebody's going to find a way of using it that they haven't done before, mm. uh, because the price is so low. Uh, you know they'll be be able to use it for some new application, and that's what's going to create the next drive of uh, development for platinum. But um, you know, it's been in the dumps for a long time. You know, uh, you can buy platinum jewelry these days, uh, and platinum jewelry was normally more expensive than yeah, gold. Yeah, it used to be expensive. Well, <laughs> uh, and it's it's still more dense than gold. So when you if you want to buy uh, a ring that's the same size as a gold ring, it'll contain more platinum because it's denser, it's heavier, uh, and that would normally be one of the reasons why it's more expensive. But even these days, you know, you can get platinum stuff uh, more cheaply, and um, yeah, it does seem. It's it. There's gonna there's gonna be some killer application for platinum that comes out, and it's not gonna be people driving diesel cars. I don't think. I don't think that's what's gonna <laughs> do it. Uh, it's just gonna be gonna it's be gonna stuff. be all
1: the all the Bitcoin bros that have made a shit ton of money and they just want platinum jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, to be fair, so I remember mm. so going back to twenty. So it must have been twenty fifteen. So I got married in April twenty sixteen, and we got our rings. I think sorted out in twenty maybe it was late 2015 early 2016 and i'm looking at mine now and i can't remember if it was platinum or palladium must must be platinum must be platinum because it's got bits of it's got some gold on it from some uh sentimental jewelry but the bulk of it is i'm pretty sure is platinum and i'm trying to remember if it was fucking expensive or not
0: I'm sure the jeweller would have made sure it was expensive, no matter what. Sam.
1: yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> it's not exactly a, a fancy design, but uh, maybe maybe if if it if it heads higher, maybe maybe I should have got it made out of rhodium.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Rhodium plating is what's normally done in in jewellery, um, and that was it was not because rhodium is normally quite cheap. It's normally a good thing, a normally good thing to to spray on jewellery to make it shine a bit better. Uh, and I spoke to uh, a company that was uh, de- the deals in jewelry amongst other uh, precious metals recently. And they were, you know, it was completely, you know, we weren't even speaking about rhodium, but it's not, one of them was just. You know, just saying. Oh, the amount of money we had to play, we had to pay for this rhodium solution the other day, and it was kind. It came out to like three thousand pounds that they paid for this stuff. Mm. But you know, in years past, they would have paid you know way less than way less than a thousand, less than five hundred pounds, which they'd use for washing the jewelry to make it all nice and shiny. And rhodium used to be the you know the pleb stuff that was uh, that, that got shipped out. But this was the cheap shit, and now uh, it's like it's well, it's you know ten times what gold is it's uh it's quite uh, well it's more than that i mean it's, we're looking almost 30 times but really strange really strange behavior but you do mention miami uh, there uh, sam well actually no you mentioned bitcoin there and everyone is in miami at the moment it does i am very jealous it does seem like uh, seems it seems like it pretty, a cool pretty place. crazy out there
1: yeah have you ever yeah, been
0: yeah. have you ever been to, to florida miami
1: I've, I've been to i've been to florida i've um i've not been to miami though I've, I've done the the theme parks um, around Orlando, but uh, but not got down to Miami. And I feel like it's probably it's a place I really do want to go. But I feel like it's a place I'm probably gonna have to wait a little bit while longer for um, until the kids are maybe a bit older. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's everyone's everyone's <laughs> just flocked to Miami now, and uh, eh, if 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 you're not there. You're not a true Bitcoiner, it feels. So maybe maybe we're just not true Bitcoiners buyers.
0: Yeah, we're not we're not um, we're not Bitcoining hard enough. Though there were some amusing <laughs> um, there were some amusing tweets from people who are definitely not in the Bitcoin space, but are in the altcoin space who are attending, and uh, are no doubt getting bullied uh, at the at the Miami conference. Um, do, but yeah, it does seem fun. Uh, I mean, we you could meet Florida Man there. I mean, this is the big drawback, right? To going to Florida is you could meet the the eponymous Florida Man, who is guilty of uh, every crime imaginable and all manner of uh, all <laughs> all manner of strange exploits in between. Which uh, you know, many people do, many Americans do speak about is uh, uh, the the nature of the the native Floridian. So. Uh, <laughs> i think i'd risk it though i think i think it'd be worth worth a risk i don't know if can brits even travel to america at the moment i don't think that's been i don't know i
1: don't know where we can travel at the moment to be to be honest apart from wales scotland (laughs) and maybe the isle of man maybe the falkland islands um that's probably about we i think we can travel to australia i think actually no i know we can because the australia is on the green list so i know that we can travel to australia except there's one problem with that Uh, australia will not let us in the door So, (laughs) so be like that like that bloke that spent what sixteen years or whatever, just living in an airport is you'd get you, you, your your once in a lifetime holiday trip to Australia would be spent uh, in Sydney or Melbourne or Perth airport, never to see a beach or a uh, or, or a bit of sunshine. <laughs> so um, that's about it. So yeah, America, I don't I, I I don't know. I'm probably like what amber country. I don't even know what that means to be honest. Yeah. I think that means they, they don't recommend it, which again makes it so this could this actually sort of plays in a little bit with the bullish bearish segment that we do is that that would lead you I, th- I think that would lead most people to, th- to be quite bearish on the uh, tourism sector still really, mm-hmm. but I can't help but feel super optimistic about it and see massive opportunity in it, just for the fact that this shit won't last forever.
0: I yeah I feel the longer the longer we wait, the more it, you're just holding down a coil spring.
1: Yeah, absolutely, oh, and twisting it even more to to just really generate even more power. Like how pissed off people were when Portugal was was shifted off the green list. I mean, it's uproar. I've, I've got friends that had planned to go on holidays there because it was like the only place that they could go. And they're fuming now. But when they open those, those doors properly, which which it, it will come sooner rather than later. We're closer to the end of this than the beginning of it, I think, put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even I'm looking at like Jet 2 and, and, and those sites for, to book flights and, and holidays for next year. Yeah. Um, and it's probably no great, you know, the other thing is, I think it's not a, exactly a coincidence that the Queen Jubilee next year has been extended to a four-day bank holiday weekend. Um, and I, I would expect that, that that almost coincides probably with the government's idea of when things will actually get back to normal. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. probably gave Queenie a call and said, hey, Queenie, we're going we to chuck in an extra day. Um, just so we can get people pumping some some more shit into the economy because we're going to need it by about then, I reckon.
0: <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, yeah, it does. It is funny that we, you know we're talking about you know lockdown haircuts. We're talking about oil prices being higher than they were pre-lockdown. I mean, it really does feel like. To me it does feel like lockdowns are really close to being over because you know here i am in edinburgh and i can go to the pubs and and whatnot um you know nobody interestingly observation here nobody in edinburgh has hair like mine absolutely everybody without fail has had a haircut nobody is rocking a lockdown haircut so i'm getting a lot of strange looks and um yeah, has, there, has anyone
1: come that. up to you? Has anyone come up to you yet and said, "Have you spent some time in Sweden?"
0: <laughs> no, no. In fact, I think on my walk today at lunchtime, uh, some dude yelled at me from a, lo- a lorry, <laughs> but I didn't quite catch what he said. So, uh, we'll never know what it was. <laughs> we'll never know. We can only speculate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can guess. I've got. You yeah, know, I was going to
1: say some blokes yelling at you from a lorry. It's typically not. Ah, oh, you look like a really nice bloke.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I was wearing my cap backwards. And my cap is uh, Enron, uh, is an original Enron baseball cap from Amazing. way back in the 90s. So uh, maybe he was a, a former employee of the company and was shouting a greeting to me. Um, but, you know, it is Edinburgh. And I'm not, I'm, I don't think Enron was, was operating there. Though I'm sure they had ambitions to... You know, way back in the day, but Sam, let's uh, let's hear what your uh, what your rating is for your beer numero uno, which has which you've given such a big you know you know a big introduction to. I mean, this is what England expects mate. This is good. This should be pretty good.
1: Yeah, um,
0: this this is this was
1: very this was very good. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. The, this is one of the better beers I've had for some time. It didn't. You know, it's a, it's quite a, a strong beer, I think, at six point eight percent. But I think it's still in that perfect sweet spot for what a uh, re- real top-rated quality uh, beer should taste like. I, in English IPAs as well. Something about um, the there's a tartness, I think, to it that I really like. But it's not like overpowering. It's not heavy. Uh, I, I I I I still don't think. Maybe I don't think any beer is worthy of a triple B rating, to be honest with you. Um, but this, for me, is one of we'll the better ones one. that I've had in, in, we'll in the one. F- forty-eight episodes that we've done. Uh, this is this is up there with some of the best. Um, and so there is there is no other option for me but to give this a double B plus rating. The Govinda uh, Chevalier edition from the Cheshire Brew House.
0: Well, I mean. Sam, I do have faith, faith that we shall find the triple B. We shall find the Holy Grail one day. Um, we might have to make it work. ourselves. Maybe, maybe. Though uh, at the same time, we can't rate our own beers on here. That's true, which, we can't. Which would make that pretty... I guess we'd need to make it and have somebody else to say it was triple B. Maybe we could pay them off or something. Be like, yo, here's a 100 doge.
1: Cash for Just, comments.
0: Yeah, exactly. Doge for Doge for ratings, the the infamous Doge for ratings scandal of 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the first one I had, the Hells uh, by uh, by Lost and Grounded, was very fine indeed. wasn't doing anything crazy. wasn't uh, you know really did what it said in the tin. Unfiltered lager beer, uh, very tasty. I'd much rather yeah, I'd much rather have something like this than uh, than you know a pint of uh, tenants. However. Um, You know, it doesn't do anything crazy, but what it does do, it does very well. So I would give that a... I think I'll give that a B plus. It was uh, very fine indeed. What's your second beer, Sam?
1: Right. So I'm moving on from... I'm going from Cheshire uh, to Ireland. And the uh, from the White Hag Irish... Oh, no, wait. Hang on. Uh, No, no, yeah. The White Hag Irish Brewing Company. It's a double IPA and... It's an 8.5% double IPA. so this is this is gonna rock me socks. Um, the can is this cool uh, pink and kind of black and yellow sort of design with triangles all over it. Anyway, uh, the name of it and and I know I know I did I'm not going to be saying this right because it's probably Irish, but um, f- f- <laughs> the, the name of it's Fion. F-I-O-N-N. I mean, I read that as... So I think I've seen this. Um, I, I assume that's how you pronounce it. But anyone that's Irish, and I've grossly mispronounced it, I apologize. But uh, yeah, 8.5% after a 6.8%. It should be interesting in about half an hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the second one I've gone for here is by Black Isle Brewing. Uh, and this is a, a Scottish brewery, Big Thistle is their logo, just to make sure everyone knows it. And this one's <laughs> called Coco Van Porter. I'm guessing it's a uh, pun on cocoa Van. And uh, it's re- I'm probably drinking this way out of season. I only realized after I bought it that it says, um, the description is, autumn is upon us. The days <laughs> are going in, the night's getting longer, and fires are lit as we hunker down for four months of soups and cocoa. So, uh, yeah. For a few months ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I'm time traveling with this one, five point seven percent porter. Uh, it's got a nice, a nice white label with lots of, uh, lots of. It's not ferns. It's like uh, it's like those ash leaves uh, for um, for uh, for Easter that they've got here on the front. Very nice though, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a go. Uh, Sam, uh, we'll probably. Well, I mean, should we even should we even dignify Elon Musk with with comment here? I mean. Um, I think the sooner well, the sooner that we should. Bitcoin moves away from uh, yeah. Elon, the Elon narrative, the better. I, I was skeptical of his, invo- of his involvement uh, <clears throat> since the beginning of the year, where he's just all about doing memes and whatever. Um, but it's getting to the point where uh, like it's just it's just kind of irritating. Yeah, interestingly, I, I, my my bearish
1: segment, I had a couple of things down. One of those being um, Fortune 500 CEOs, namely those that tweet a lot. Um, because I mean, look, the thing, the thing is, is that, and I've seen a couple of these today is that people are like, if you, know, if you, if you sell an asset because of a tweet, you know, you're an idiot, but then people are like, yeah, well, that's kind of the reason why people bought it as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) which, which is true to be fair. Um, yeah. I mean, look, Bitcoin was big before Elon. It'll be big after Elon. People will, it'll, it, it, maybe he moves the market. Seems like he probably does. That's fine. Uh, I, I, I. To be fair, I think people will soon get tired of his weird shit. Um, I think he's just going to continuously get into trouble. Like there's already, the SEC have already identified a number of examples of where he tweeted. Um, and his tweets need to get approved by the legal department when it's related to certain things, I think. He's going to get himself into some strife um, where he's going to effectively going to, I I think the SEC, the reason that that Elon Musk will stop becoming the CEO of Tesla is because the SEC will put an enforcement notice to have him removed because of his his actions uh, outside of the regulatory frameworks. Um, and this, okay, he does it all now with Doge and, and Bitcoin and things like that. But these are now, well, Bitcoin in particular is an asset held on Tesla's balance sheet. So it's actually directly related to the company itself. Um, so I think I think there's, there's, he's going to face some issues in the next year on all this. And to be fair, I mean, if you're paying attention and, and if you are selling the asset based on what Elon tweets, um, you're a bit of an idiot. I mean sorry but yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I think, I think that's fair enough um i think there's interesting there's an interesting argument that could be made i think it was last week that we, we discussed how um, bezos got that massive big subsidy for his moon emission project with uh, blue origin yeah and we were you know we we're sort of uh, debating the kind of the dilemma of uh, state subsidy for a business such a large one for obviously an incredibly wealthy individual etc he could you could bail out the company himself but they want to make sure well i mean it is a contract so it's not a bailout uh, they do want you know blue origin to be getting experience it's a, in it's anywhere, a bailout
1: uh, uh, veiled as a contract
0: <laughs> yeah or or it's a contract veiled as a bailout because everyone views it as a bailout uh, when actually it could be you know That you know, there's probably experience and equipment they're going to make that's that's going to be valuable. But we were sort of debating this um, as whether or not this is really good or bad, because ultimately you need more, you need competition in the sector to drive some kind of efficiency. And uh, I I wonder just how how sort of bulletproof Elon Musk is, uh, or and or at least how much of his ego is a result of him thinking well i'm the only guy in the space yeah. game or the biggest guy in the space game and the government needs me to keep pushing the way you know the path forward so they're not going to lay a hand on me uh, yeah. i wonder how much how much of that is going on there where it's i i i mm-hmm. maybe there's and you know the, the, that could be maybe that is their truth or maybe that's actually just what musk believes and that would explain some of his behavior um i'm not sure
1: yeah, I think I think you're right, and and we 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 touched on this last uh, last week, I think as well, is that the like the the government as well, you know, or, or NASA or whoever's you know dishing out these contracts, uh, they don't want to see one person retain a huge amount of, of influence and power over the market over industry. And so they would they would have I, they would they would encourage competition, or they would encourage someone that they could at least keep in their pocket a little bit more than Musk. Um, and that that's that's certainly I think the reason for for the Blue Origin deal. Um, and interestingly, I think so. The other thing is I saw recently about Tesla, uh, which I don't think will disappoint or sadden that many people, was that the, their market share fell off a cliff. Uh, rolling month to month especially in China where I think it went from like 38% or something to like 15 or some some crazy amount, they lost market share and Tesla is going to bleed market share like you wouldn't believe um, I, I don't know if people saw, I don't know if you saw the Ford released the uh, all electric F-150 um, yeah, yeah. Took a look recently uh it's 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 the the you know it's it's a the real deal it's going to be cheaper than a cyber truck it's going to be arguably better than a cyber truck uh it keeps the true f-150 shape which is tried and tested um and so it's not going to polarize as many people um or and 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 just competition is going to going to going to shift i think I think Elon's not going to be as relevant in another five years as people probably think he might be. And I say those people, I say people think he might be, I really just mean the Tesla fan boys and girls out there that want to blow smoke up his ass. And if he was sat next to them, they would probably suck it out his ass too. Um, I frankly, I just think that that putting someone like him on such a pedestal or anyone on such a pedestal uh, is a risky move to make, particularly when all they do is run, um, publicly listed companies and arguably a few non-publicly listed ones too. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It'll be interesting to see how, how, how much, well, I mean, maybe a lot of is the Musk's uh, recent things, including maybe the whole Bitcoin thing was just an attempt to stay relevant. Who knows?
1: Um, oh, it's like, it's the same thing with the, the boring company, the flamethrowers. It's whenever Tesla f- sort of starts to fall off of the radar of people because, you know, they're not, they're not all that they're cracked up to be. They, he comes out with some crazy ass new shit, and okay, Bitcoin's not exactly crazy ass new shit like a flamethrower, but it was, it's certainly sort of flavor of the month to to keep Tesla. And like we're talking about him now, right? T- and we've, we haven't, you know, people haven't, he hasn't stopped being in the news since January this year when they made that move into Bitcoin. Every time the Bitcoin market moves, it's somehow the mainstream media brings it back to Elon Musk, even if it's not related to him there's always a mention of Tesla and Musk. So it's kept Tesla relevant in a market uh, where they are losing relevance.
0: Yeah. And uh, I guess we are, we are eating that somewhat by, by discussing it here. Right. But uh, double-edged sword, you can't not talk
1: about it either. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I wonder if there's a, yeah. And I'm sure there will be actually historical comparisons to other, uh, you know, uh, gurus who are who are seen as uh, you know Lord and savior by many folks in the press and and investors too uh, but changing gears slightly Sam uh, we did we did look at uh, what your bearish segment was when you're thinking of uh, we thinking of uh, tourism and whatnot uh, what, what are you bullish on this week yeah
1: so one thing that caught my attention uh, this week was sotheby's and and an announcement that Sotheby's has uh, has has replicated their uh london auction house uh in the virtual world of decentraland uh and so i'm kind of i'm kind of big on this whole virtual worlds uh augmented
0: reality i completely missed that yeah it was they only just made it in decentraland yeah just recreated the house yeah yeah so you can now go
1: into sotheby's in decentraland and view their galleries uh, and I think, I don't know if you can right now, but I think the the, the, the thing is, is that you'll be able to buy uh, NFTs. NFTs or even some of their physical artwork through the virtual space. Um, and so I kind of like, I'm, I kind of like this whole idea of this, this blending of our virtual and physical worlds. And it's not even the fact, okay, Decentraland is... Um, is based on uh, blockchain technology. They've got a cryptocurrency and things like that. That's that's not really my point. I don't want to sort of get drawn into the cryptocurrency side of things with this, but this 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 idea of our of virtual worlds and and digital twins of physical assets. This has been sort of a long time coming, and we're starting to see now um, organizations really understand that there is a lot of power in having a virtual. Um, Uh, presence where people can enter a store or go to a location in a virtual sense but it's but the reason that it's happening now and will continue to get better is because these virtual worlds now have we now have the sort of the resources and the computing power and the ability to create them in such a way that it is very hard to distinguish from the real thing um, and that's that, I think that's actually quite exciting. It's, I know it's, it's really foreign for a lot of people to think of going somewhere in a virtual sense. And, you know, it's clearly not the same as a physical thing, but there's still a lot of power to being able to go somewhere where you may not have otherwise done so before. And I think we may have talked about it on one of our previous podcasts or, or I've certainly written about it before with things like like live music events, right? you know, if if there's a concert in America that, you know, an artist that you really love and you can't get to it where you live, or even if there's a concert in your country and you still can't get to it from where you live, you could still attend virtually the live event. You know, these sorts of virtual experiences and digital experiences, I think are only going to get um, more relevant, more prominent. Uh, And this, the the move from Sotheby's I think is, is really cool. And, and just, again, it's another sign of, this blending of virtual and physical worlds and, and the sorts of possibilities that it can open up
0: that's a pretty major win for decentraland i yeah as i said yeah. that completely passed me by um but yeah i mean that that's because decentraland's been around for a long time now yeah, well yeah. as far as crypto goes right but um to get a partner with such an old and you know respected luxury brand as sotheby's is uh, it's pretty major that's that's very cool
1: yeah. I mean, look, it is cool. And, and there were no, uh,
0: in terms of, oh, Karen, sorry.
1: sorry, I was just saying in terms of things like, like Decentraland and, and that sort of thing, there's the, the, when people start to go, Oh, well, you know, where's the, where's the value there? It's like there arguably anybody can create a new land, like a new world and new, you know, and there, there are virtual worlds popping up all over the place, all over the, um, all over the place. there's another one, um, Sandbox, which is again, virtual real estate. You can buy, you can build stuff on. So we're going to, I think we're going to see more of those sorts of things. Um, and I think what, what it'll end up being is it's a bit like where do the big brands go? Where do the likes of Sotheby's go? Where does McDonald's decide that they're going to put a virtual storefront that you can go in and you can order your Maccas. And then someone's going to physically rock up at your door and deliver it kind of thing um, where you can, you, know, you can eat your Maccas with your mates or something. So, there, I think where the big brands go is where you'll start to see the, um, you know, the real opportunity. I think with some of these virtual worlds.
0: Yeah, I think the, uh, I, I, at the same time, the auction houses are an interesting one because, generally speaking, I'm, I'm no expert in the space whatsoever. But uh, the definitely the uh, sort of the 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 impression that one gets with the auction houses is, is there. They're very good at catering to the market when it comes to luxury goods. However, at the same time, they're they're quite conservative in the kind of things that they do uh, when it comes to their um, their appearance when when it comes to their PR. Uh, so, for them to make a, a deal with Decentraland is uh, I call it to collaborate with Decentraland is quite quite interesting. Uh, there is sort of a I, I guess a um, as a, maybe a similar thing here when you're talking about you know really old respected uh, organizations that are um, that are uh you know collaborating with the digital side is uh Sam you sent this to me uh, I was not aware of it it was the Perth Mint gold token ah, yeah. where finally ah, yeah. yeah i mean finally a government uh well western australian government uh, but you know effectively the official bullion mint of australia has made a partnership finally with a uh, with a effectively a crypto company and they're putting gold certificates um, and you know a lot of people don't like gold certificates because you still don't have the gold you're still trusting the custodian however Perth Mint is you know they've obviously never failed in this regard yeah, very well um, and and it's not like they're not so politically um exposed as other mints like you know U.S. or, or even the Bank of England right mm. uh, well not the Bank of England but the Royal Mint uh so it was very interesting that they've done this they they've gone and beaten you know the bank of it not not bangladesh so the royal mint were planning on creating royal mint gold the rmg token way back in 2018 they ditched it uh, because they were afraid it would harm their brand it was a massive mistake in my eyes Yeah, uh, and they i mean they were going to create you know a real gold backed cryptocurrency and now the aussies have beaten us you know the the, the ashes the ashes of gold backed <laughs> gold have ashes been decided and uh, the yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So uh, the uh, PMGT Perth Mint Gold Token uh, is has been listed. I, I hear it was on the KuCoin exchange and they got taken off, uh, but it is it is out there and it's on the Ethereum blockchain. So uh, anyone with on the Ethereum network is going to be able to get it if they want it, and um, I think that's really cool. I'm uh, I'm pretty optimistic about it.
1: Yeah, I think I think one of the, the one of the bigger reserves um, exchanges in Australia, Independent Reserve. Is one of the first exchanges to to list it uh, independent reserve has been around for ages again comparatively uh in the crypto space but uh yeah i, I mean i think it's i think it's it's pretty logical really i mean like we've said before I mean, gold is like any other asset why why shouldn't you be able to use available technology to buy it, hold it, store it, trade it, send it, get delivery of it. And I th- from what I, I haven't done, deep dive on it, but I think you can actually then use the tokens to claim physical delivery of
0: the gold as well, I believe. Um, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah I understand that. It, yeah, it's effectively... Uh, you know how you get the phenomenon of wrapped gold where people, and uh, no sorry, yeah. wrapped Bitcoin, right. where yeah. people have gone and taken Bitcoin, then wrapped it on Ethereum. So it can be traded and moved around on, on Ethereum. We effectively now just got wrapped gold, which is uh, pretty interesting. Of course, you need to be a believer in Ethereum and, and the Ethereum blockchain project, but I, I think it definitely is a very good step in the right direction. So I'm pretty optimistic about that. Um, uh, changing gears slightly again, uh, on the, on the bullish bearish mine is my bullish bearish, uh, uh take for the week is actually pretty roughly the same thing i'm i'm bullish on russian businessmen abroad but not at home so i'm bearish on russian businessmen uh you know in russia and <laughs> um, so looking out at the um, there's the upcoming ipo in london on uh, on, yeah, I don't actually know the exact date, but there's an upcoming IPO for Nord Gold, which is a Russian gold miner that right. will be happening in, in on the London Stock Exchange. It's gonna be a big one. I'm, I'm pretty confident about it. I, I'm sure it will, uh, you know, they'll they'll at least make their target, if not, if not more considering the action in gold. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's a, it's a great development. There are, you know, several Russian gold companies now, but this is, you know, this is here in the UK. Um, So here in the UK, it's going to to go pretty well. And the Russian businessmen that stay in the UK, I think, will will be quite all right. But if we contrast this to the the woes of the co-founder of another London-listed Russian gold miner, Petro Pavlovsk, uh, which listed it quite a while back um, and trades at quite a discount due to the geopolitical sort of uh, risk there, Uh, The co-founder of Petro Pavlovsk uh, is now is in a jail in Moscow. His family are saying uh, he's under, you know, he's in pretty bad conditions because he's needing clothes that are, he's needing more and more clothes that are in smaller sizes. They're saying he's losing weight and everything. Uh, And this was all due to an accusation of fraud by somebody else on the Petro Pavlovsk board who effectively represents a major Russian gold mining competitor who, uh, brought to light a, um, a transaction where the owner, well, effectively, this co-founder of Petro Pavlovsk had sold a property to the company, uh, supposedly at, a, at an extortionate rate to the business. So he's, uh, you know he was defrauding his own business, effectively. Uh, and now he's in jail. And uh, so, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm sure being in a jail in Moscow, I think there are much nicer places, much better places one would wish to be so uh, for that reason, I, I'm bullish on Russians abroad, like those at Nordgold, uh, and uh, I'm bearish on those that, that stay in Matushka, Russia. Uh, so that, that's my little segment for the week. Sam, you got a rating for your second beer? Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the
1: Fionn, which I can't see how else it could be pronounced, to be honest with you. So I must be right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, look it's a, it's a pretty, look, it's a pretty standard double IPA. Um, powerful. <laughs> Certainly powerful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just get, I get bit, literally. I'm glad it's a Friday. I'm glad we do this on a Friday because if I—if I, too many of these—and next morning I was like, I don't want to get out of bed at six o'clock. Uh, with my, when, is inevitably when the sun gets up, uh, my human sun, not the sun sun in the sky. See, look, eight point five percent already doing its thing. Um, look, it was good. Uh, nothing too overly over the top. Um, I'd, I'd give this. Uh, I think I'd give this an A plus. It was it was it was very good, but didn't exactly you know blow me socks off like the Govinda did.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you when you've had when you've had one that good, I guess everything pales in comparison. Uh, similar experience over here. Uh, Coco van Porter. Jeez. Well, just Coco van, I guess it's called. Is uh, yeah, pretty good, but nothing nothing crazy to write home home about. I think I would give this one. Uh, I give this one an A. Nothing crazy, but uh, you know, nothing bad either. Nothing wrong with an A. But Sam, any uh, any closing remarks for episode forty eight?
1: Yeah, just one one more thing is um, I've oh, you've probably clearly noted as well. It seems like the uh, the return of the Reddit trader is back. That the short squeeze oh, is yeah. on again in the markets. From when once we thought. That the, the, the short squeeze of stocks like GameStop and AMC was all but over in, in a wonderful uh, Volkswagen-esque short squeeze. Uh, they have returned. Um, and perhaps, perhaps, perhaps that they will keep coming back uh, and they'll never leave. And these the, the, the short squeeze events from Reddit boards will become far more normal than, than we anticipate and uh, and perhaps perhaps there's still a trading opportunities in some of these if you can get in front of them because you know it was gamestop it was AMC it was blackberry Workhorse you know the most shorted stocks there are out there and they were all they were all pumped so uh, one certainly one to keep an eye out for I think.
0: Yeah, I, I've somewhat, it's not really a contrary view. It's more sort of a, um, more, sort of a more cynical view. I actually think the more, the more recent pumps in the likes of AMC um, was, I think I get the impression there's loads of activity on, on, on Reddit and whatnot about it. I get the impression when he's thinking about the kind of size that's getting thrown around here, I think this is just prop trading desks that are doing this at investment banks. Uh, they're just seeing a narrative, uh, and they're taking advantage of it. So the seeing people posting about it, they're like, you know what? I'm going to load into this because last mm-hmm. time around, you know, we got a lot of a lot of traction. Um, similarly, when people on the on the trading boards then see the prices going up, you know, this gets sort of a, a magnetic effect. Uh, other prop trading desks will probably be in on this. I get the impression that a lot of the the meme stocks meme stock stuff is, um, I think I think there's actually uh, quite shrewd players that are, are effectively, you know, just hopping aboard the ride and they're bringing a lot of money with them. And that's I one hope of the reasons why it's right, been so know. extreme as we've... I, I I genuinely hope that's the yeah. case.
1: And it gives all those Reddit traders that are holding bags from the first wave in February, I hope it gives them an exit to make money that they, that were that, otherwise were sitting on losses. I, I genuinely hope that that's the outcome is that they all... They all cash out for a profit, and they leave these, you know, the 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 bigger um, investors and traders that are coming to this market, thinking that they're going to ride this meme wave again, leaving them holding the bags this time. Now, wouldn't that be something to see?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I really, I, I would hope that is the case as well. Um, I I really hope some of the folks who you massively fomo'd in with way too much money have learned their lesson. If they do manage to cash out at a profit, and like you know. 'm I'm, I'm gonna manage my risk if I'm gonna do this again I really hope that happens but <laughs> you know we shall see I, I, similar to you Sam I, I do believe we've yet we've yet to see this um, the sort of uh, it's being termed I, th- I believe it's uh, Dim- uh, Dimitri Kafinus uh, who's termed it as uh, financial nihilism uh, this sort <laughs> of uh, I'm just gonna throw money at this thing, Anything. because uh, screw everyone, I, I I just want my I want my cut, I don't care if it's all a lie, etc, etc but yeah, I, I don't think we've seen the end of that I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future but uh, that is all we do have time for today, so if you are listening to this I do hope you've enjoyed this episode of Booze, Booms and Busts, that was episode 48 we shall be back again with episode 49 in the near future, so do be on the lookout for that that is all for now, hope you have a good weekend and we'll see you in the next one